Everyone, welcome back to another episode of the podcast. And today I am going to give you a rerun of my show in Miami, uh, where we talked a lot about um, direct booking strategies and how you can create a direct booking business and become less reliant on the OTAs. But before we dive into that, as always, don't forget that this podcast is sponsored by IPRAC and the Luke Stays Academy. If you haven't checked out either, the links are in the show notes. And I hope you enjoy this. It's, uh, it was great to speak on stage. I had an absolute blast and I got a lot of great feedback from the show. So hopefully there's plenty of great content that you can take away, take action with and start improving your direct booking game so you can lower those commissions and increase that profitability. Enjoy. Morning Miami, how are we? Everyone upbeat now, hopefully. Steve's promised to wear Amber's boots at the dinner later on, as long as he gets through this okay. But uh, no, I, so obviously Damien's asked us to stand in and uh, we're gonna talk about some mistakes that we've made along the way. So um, I currently have over 350 units, about an 80, 90 million pound portfolio under management. And um, I've been doing that since 2019. So. Uh, it's been quite a quick journey for me, but there's a lot of mistakes in there, so I'm going to share a few of them. And um, Steve's got about 850 rooms, been doing this for about 12 years, so again, plenty of mistakes. And um, we're going to share those now. There's probably a whole day we could do on mistakes, but uh, we've only got a certain amount of time. Thanks, Steve. Um, if you're a property host, can you just stand up for me, please? Property host at all, if, you, if you're a property manager, if you're, if you're running property, stand up. If you rely on OTAs for more than 50% of your bookings, stay standing. Okay. For those that are standing, do you think you'd have a business if the OTAs shut down tomorrow? Yes, no, no. I know the US seems to be a lot more dependent on OTAs than we probably are in Europe, um, but I think you really do want to start working on the strategies. So, one of my biggest mistakes was thinking Airbnb was our friend. You know, let's be honest, they don't like hosts, and they don't really give a shit about us. I knew this, March 26, when Boris Johnson was speaking, locking the country down. For the next five days, I had 471 cancellations from Airbnb. And then guess what they did next? They give all my money back to the customers. That money we needed. You know, we got the spreadsheets out. How long have we got? What's the cash flow gonna look like? So. From that day forward, I kind of made a promise that I was going to become less reliant on the OTAs and worked really hard on my direct booking strategy. Uh, we now rely on OTAs for about 20% of our business. So if they disappeared tomorrow, I do genuinely think my business would still survive. And I think that's the ultimate goal for most property managers and businesses because these are only going to get worse. It's like a drug. You're all hooked on it, okay? You're hooked on this drug, they're gonna start putting commissions up, they're gonna start giving the guests more because they see the guest as their customer, not us guys. So you've really gotta start working away from these OTAs. As Steve mentioned before, Booking.com is a big player in Europe and they will start punching here as well, but they just take so much money out of your business that you could be reinvesting into more units, better customer experiences, there's so much you can do with the money. You know, we spend hundreds of thousands a year in commissions to them, and we've only got a very small percentage reliance on them. So start thinking about how you can do it. I'm gonna give you a few ideas what, what I've done. So um, not having a converting trust website. You know, Amber spoke before about your brand. My brand is built on trust. 
if you read my website, if you go on anything, the, the whole thing, trust with my employees, trust with me personally, and trust with the business. When the clients want to stay with us, they trust us. Why? Because we're constantly dropping signals all the time on our website. If you go on my website, lukestays.com, you'll see it constantly talks about trust. We have IPRAC trust certification on there to hammer home how good it is for the guest and why they can feel safe booking with us. Because quite often a guest will book with you via Airbnb or booking.com and you will contact them and say, please come to me instead so I can save 15, 18%, whatever it is, but they still go back to the booking channel time and time and time again. They do that because they trust them. They trust that they can get their money back if there's a problem. They trust that they'll get relocated if there's a problem. Your websites, the majority of booking websites, are shit. Let's be honest about it. They look nice, some web developers design them for you, but they do not actually convert. There's a great tool called Mouseflow. We plugged Mouseflow into our website about a year ago, and we started watching what customers were doing whilst they were browsing our website. We found out they were all checking out, getting to the checkout page, and then going off the website. They weren't booking. So why weren't they booking? Because we weren't giving them any signals that they could. We weren't giving them any signals that we are you know, there for them, we'll support them, that payment's safe. A lot of people don't like putting credit card details into a random website. They'll put it into Airbnb because they trust them. They've built their brand. So have a look at your website, but also find out, is it converting or not? It can look amazing, but if it doesn't convert, it's pointless. We've just developed our new website, uh, which I'm really happy about, and the conversions are already shown because we've got trust signals everywhere. We literally plastered all over our marketing, all over our website, and it really does make a difference. So download Mouseflow. You can just, we, we've still got it. We, we watch it all the time, but you can actually see what users are doing on your website. It's also helpful for just changing the button, seeing if this. We notice that most users don't scroll less than about 30% of the page. So what's the point in having the book now right at the bottom? They're not even getting there. So you've got to watch these things and then take advantage of it. Um, but really rely on your trust. Again, what Amber said before about you know, having third-party testimonials on your website as well. Articles that you've got on your website that echo that you are a player, you know what you're doing, you're being recognized by other people. Awards, anything like that. Social proof is huge for converting sales and you need to get it on your website or you will never fight the OTAs. The next thing, and I wish I did this right at the beginning, but I guess you probably don't get into this until you've got a bit of cash flowing because you know, for 12 months you're gonna pay out with seeing zero results. And that's hard to pay salaries all the time and get nothing from it. But we've been doing this now for about 18 months and that payback is tenfold now. And it will continue to get better and better and better. Um, you know, I know Damien specializes in this and um, you know, is a great go-to guy if you want to, but SEO is one of the, the key ways that you're gonna get away from the OTAs. But it's not gonna happen overnight. So don't expect to plug it into your business, and this time next year, you might start dripping some results through, depending on how much content you get on your website, okay? With the content, it has to be valuable. No one gives a shit about you, so stop talking about yourself, all right? It's the worst thing that we all do in business. Talk about the customer. Talk about what's in it for them. Talk about how they're protected, and you need good, engaging copy, you know? I recruited the talents of Neely, about a year ago because she is an amazing copywriter and again the engagement has gone up because we're speaking the right language 
as Amber said before, we're emotionally touching them with the right words to make them engage. But get stuck into your SEO strategy straight away. You can start off like I did, just with freelancers doing a bit of this and a bit of that, and then eventually I now have a full internal team that looks after all the copy and also ranks it. There's a great tool called SEO Rush. You can plug your website into it and it will tell you how you're ranking on Google. Most of your websites probably don't even rank on Google. Then you've got to find out what keywords you want to go after. And then you've got to write content about those keywords. And by doing so, you're going to get the corporate stay in Miami typed into Google. They come on your website. You've got all your trust signals. You get the booking. It's a lot cheaper to do it that way in the long run than keep paying Airbnb. I guarantee you Airbnb's commissions is 30% in the next five years because everyone's hooked on the drug. And unless you get off it, they're going to keep exploiting it. Letting guests walk out without leaving an email address. So I believe, and I think it's, it's industry known, that every, every email address you have is worth about $1 per month. If you've got 10,000 email addresses, you've got $10,000 of revenue per month coming into your business. If you write to them in the right language, you speak to them, and you promote well, and you build trust. We do a lot of email marketing on our database and these numbers come through time and time again. You know, we might not get 10,000 every month from a 10,000 base, but we get you know, a booking every now and then for 5,000. Then you'll get a big one. Then you might have nothing for a while. But if you're constantly promoting to it, then you're going to make a difference. There's a few ways that you can do this. So how many people collect the lead booker's email address? Keep your hands up if you collect all of the guests staying with them's email address. Part of your five turns up, you collect the lead one because they made the booking, but there's four other people staying in that property. Most people don't even think about getting those email addresses. Okay, there's some clever technology that can help you do that now. But if you want to do it the cheap way, uh, get a bit more creative. Um, we do it in a way, well, we've got a few ways. So one, we have a QR code in the property that says, please scan me for a surprise. Guests go in, they scan it for a surprise, and they can win a trip to Dubai. That's it, leave your email address. Obviously, GDPR is all over there, so we can retarget them, and they can win a trip to Dubai. So that's one way that we'll pick up other guests' emails apart from the lead booker. We also have on our checkout page of our website a link which then says, please register all your guests' emails, and we'll plug you into the Wi-Fi on arrival. So little, we, we don't have that technology, but the guests leave their email addresses, okay? So, you know, it works. And every now and then you might get one kicking off and you say, well, we've got that in some other properties, but we haven't gotten this one, I'm sorry. But we're getting their email addresses. They've ticked the GDPR box. We can then retarget those guests. So it's really fundamental that you are getting everybody's email that you possibly can and then retargeting it time and time again. It's worth tens of thousands to your businesses and most people are not doing it at all. But again, it comes down to the copy and how you write the messages. The value. One of the best emails I ever sent, which still to this day we retarget all the time, is how booking via us is safer and more cost effective for the guest than Airbnb and booking.com. Every time we write that out, because most guests don't understand the difference in the commission structures. They don't understand that they're actually paying more by going with the OTAs. You've got to educate people. You've got to tell them. You know, we live in this bubble of short-term rentals. We think everybody knows everything because we live it day in, day out. They don't. For some people, it might be the first time that they've actually booked online 
without a travel agent. So we have to remember that, and we've got to educate the guests on why you, why they should do it, and how it benefits them. So that's uh, short and sweet, as we, we keep in the time here. But we are going to have a Q&A. So if anybody does have, have we got a mic somewhere? If anybody does have a Q&A, um, I'm not sure how to get Jason's face off, but <laughs> it looks good. Um, yeah, if, has anyone got any questions? Put your hands up. Don't be shy. Hello? Um, can you talk about what your trust signals are, your top trust signals on your website? Yeah, sure. So um, for me, I've got um, IPRAC, which is the Global Certified Short-Term Rental Accreditation. Uh, it's starting to make some serious moves. What they basically do is protect everybody's booking. So if a guest books with us, they will underwrite the booking and the money to make sure that if they turn up with the property and the property doesn't exist, then they will financially give them the money back and relocate them into another property. So just by having that, it really stamps forward that they're protected. The spin-off benefit to that for those that are doing rent-to-rent, rental arbitrage is, for some reason, landlords see that and think that you're safe to go with. It's actually got nothing to do with them, but it's just, again, just a, a certificate on a box, a bit like Trustpilot and things like that. Um, but it's, uh, it's, certainly, it's, it's certainly helped me convert more bookings to having that certification on the website. Uh, chap over the, uh, the left-hand side over here. You get a mic over so I can hear him. I'm a little bit deaf, so. Uh... Uh, thank you very much for that, Bart Sobey's here. Um, a quick one. I believe that you said that your brand was Luke's. What was your, Luke your brand? Stays. Pardon Luke's, me? Luke Stays. Luke Stays. Uh, can you walk us through the process of deciding that it was going to be Luke Stays and why you've built that? Because that leads in really well with the previous presentation about a personal brand and how you leverage that. And, and then I guess the last part of the question is how it actually fits in with your portfolio of properties because you've got quite a few that are disparate all over the place. And that brand is what I'm also interested in because that's something that you've obviously consciously chosen to do, um, to, to use your name and to use you in it. So how did, why and how and what can we learn from it? Yeah, I, I think for me it was, um, obviously it's my family name. It quite often becomes my first name, which annoys me a bit, but hey-ho. Um, so yeah, it was my family name. So it actually started at Luke Holmes because I just wanted to buy property initially and, and do the sort of standard tenant game until I found short-term rentals. And then as, as the business grew, I needed to, to separate it. So I guess when we first got our first website, uh, version one, I decided to change the name because uh, it, it was a different type of business to the investment business and it wasn't just homes that we were doing. We had apartments, multi-blocks, villas, everything. So Luke Stays just kind of became the name. It's interesting because I did actually reach out to a uh, brand developer before we went to the Luke Capital Group, which now houses all of the different businesses under there. And they actually wanted to change the whole name to something wacky. and. I did a lot of research and I asked a lot of people as well and they said we should keep the family name because again, coming back to what Amber said about the staff, we, uh, and, and we've got a franchise model as well and it's all about joining the family. And, you know, so that name now really, like that, that brand is about joining the family and trusting the family that will help you deliver on the result. And um, I guess it's just, just stuck and then we just decided to really build it out from there. So everything's now Luke something or other. Hello, hi, this is Willie. This is a two-part question. Um, vacation rental or property manager is a very local business, right? 
you, sometimes you cannot expand everywhere because you don't have the resources, ground resources. So your SEO has to be very hyper-local, meaning that um, you have to create a lot of microsites on almost behave like a local website that redirect to your main website. My question is, is that the right strategy? That's the first question. No, um, you don't need microsites. You just need a lot of content, and then you need to work on backlinks. So backlinks is getting other websites to talk about your website. Uh, you do that by, you know, collaborations with people, speaking, um, getting out online. You know, you, you've got to get yourself out there. You can even hire PR companies to get you backlinks in. There's, a, there's also, don't ever pay anybody on Fiverr to get you backlinks. It'll do more damage to your brand than anything. So you want to do it professionally, where you're actually doing exchanges and articles. But the main thing with SEO is content. Keywords, but then getting your sites ranked. I mean, don't get me wrong. My SEO guys, when I ask them what's going down, start speaking to me in you know, a foreign language. I don't oh, understand half oh, of it, but they're getting the result. Okay. Thank you. The second part question is content, right? Yeah. I think I believe the content in the days of uh, keywords right now is getting limited, uh, more like original quality content as opposed to mining the best keywords. Be genuine and more organic in your article, and a valuable article is more valuable than... Uh, finding the best keywords. Am I correct or not? I'm just trying. Yeah, so I think it's a mixture. If you actually on, on SEO Rush, you can type in a keyword and it'll tell you what the competitiveness is of that keyword. So if it's, you know, a really high competitive keyword, then you've probably got no chance of, of getting there because, you know, the big boys have already got them. But you can pick out these lower hanging ones, you know, the bit of the long tail keywords, write articles around them. The algorithms of Google's changed quite a bit. So you're not just, uh, you know, if we say, Contractor stays Miami. Previously, you had to get Contractor stays Miami in a, in a row. Now you just have to get those three words in the article at some point, and Google reads that. So you can actually write good content without being keyword spammy. And um, but yeah, it's it's all about trying to pick out the lower hanging fruit keywords that you will get results on, than trying to chase the big boys for stuff that you want. One more. One more. Um, I'm just curious if you guys are spending money on ads like Google AdWords, Facebook marketing, anything like that. And uh, if so, like, what percentage of your budgets for marketing go towards that? Yeah, probably about 10%. 10% of our, of our revenue will go on ads. Um, but you've got to do both. You know, you've got to do organic and you've got to do paid to get the traffic. Um, but it's, in my mind, it's better than paying Airbnb because... You're at the mercy of the reviews on Airbnb as well. You know? So booking direct and getting direct customers, if you do drop the ball, which we do, you know, we're not perfect, then it's not getting shouted out too many places and it's then not damaging your brand as much. So it's worth that extra money, I think, to, to get that type of guest. I would definitely agree with Ryan on that point. I think if you, um, even if you spend between 15 and 18% of your budget on uh, PPC, you're going, to get that, you're going to get that book of direct and uh, you're not going to be giving it to an OTA to let them send it to you and then you having to jump through hoops to go and own that guest. You know, own the guest right from the beginning, spend 15 to 18% of your budget, certainly early days, and I think that's a really, um, a really sensible strategy to take. Thank you, everyone. Thanks very much, guys. Cheers.